0: Welcome to God Mode, Living Life Undefeated. Join us each week as Pastor Chris delivers a message to encourage, challenge, and empower you to live life in God Mode. All messages can be listened to at www.godmode.life. Let's join today's message. Hey everybody, welcome to God Mode. So glad that you've chosen to tune in this week. Uh, Again, thank you so, so, so much. It's just such a blessing to be have you come and listen each week. You know, today I want to really give a message to you about God's purpose in your life. You know, I chose a title and this is a real simple statement and it's a statement of faith. And I want to call this message, It Will Happen. It Will Happen. And I want to unpack that statement a little bit from Acts chapter 27, where the great apostle Paul, one of the Bible heroes that we often read his writings, but sometimes I don't think we understand what was behind the principles that he shared. What he suffered to be able to share what he shared He, to be able to pen so much of the New Testament, to be able to write to us about the depths of the riches of Christ, he had to experience some personal deaths and pain and disappointment. I mean, if you ever see somebody who has great spiritual strength, you can bet that it was born out of some sorrow. We're going to pick up with Paul at the end of the book of Acts, Acts chapter 27. Paul is in trouble. Paul is in transition and he's in trouble. By the way, if you're either in either of those states, if you're in transition or you're in trouble, I want you to know it's a good place to be because it's a place where God does his deepest transformation. When we're in transition and when we're in trouble, Paul is in both. In fact, he's on board a ship. He's headed to Rome. I mean, it would be one thing if he was headed to Rome on the Royal Caribbean or a prince's cruise line. I mean, because he always wanted to taste the wine in Rome. He's not in Rome as a visitor. He's going to Rome on a ship as a prisoner with 275 other passengers. Bound hand and foot, probably some pretty barbaric conditions. As if it's not enough for Paul to be headed to Rome as a prisoner along the way, he encounters an unexpected difficulty that wasn't his fault. That's what we're going to read about today as we talk about it will happen. Having a faith, a spirit of faith that God's purpose will be fulfilled. I mean, that it's going to happen. And I want to pick up in verse 9. I mean, you guys love the Bible, right? A whole lot. I mean, I love the Bible. In Acts 27, 9, Because I love the Bible because it doesn't pull any punches. And it lets us see into the interior world of the people whose example were to follow. It's talking about how Paul's on this ship and Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, is giving an account of what happened. He says much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because now it was the day of atonement. Conditions weren't ideal. They rarely are in our lives. Paul warned people on the ship. He said, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to the ship and cargo and to our own lives. Listen to verse 11. But the centurion, the guy that was in charge, right? Instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. You know, I wrote this in, beside this verse in my Bible, I wrote, obviously, right? Because if you're in charge of getting the prisoners safely, transporting to to where they're supposed to go, and you've got the owner of the ship and the pilot of the ship saying we can keep going, and then there's this preacher on board talking about, no, I just want to let you know I've been praying about this and the Lord told me. You know, people will put some funny stuff behind the phrase, the Lord told me. By the way, it's like the Christian trump card. It means I can say whatever I want to say next, and you're not allowed to say anything back in response because the Lord told me. He says the Lord told me we shouldn't go. It says that the guy that had to make the decision, he's like, okay, I can listen to the pilot of the ship who has gone to nautical school and he has maps and he has an understanding of how ships are, Or I can listen to the preacher on board who's been arrested. Preacher, prisoner, pilot, owner. I think I'll go with the owner. Yet because he made that decision to not listen to Paul on board, you know, Paul was no ordinary preacher. Paul was on the boat because he was fulfilling God's purpose. What Paul represents on this boat is more than just a preacher. He actually represents on this boat the purpose of God. God is speaking through Paul to warn these men, but they're not listening. I'll tell you what, this is a metaphor for how in our own lives, so often we listen to all the other voices on the boat. I mean, come on, somebody. We listen to all the other indicators. We listen to everybody else's ideas. We listen to everybody else's opinions. We listen to everybody else's assessment of the situation before we listen to God. You've got to make this decision, and I'd like you to write this down. Will I steer by my sense, or will I steer by the Spirit? Every ship is being steered by something. The ship represents your life. The ship represents the direction you are headed. The ship represents all the things that God has given you. Your life, which you've been entrusted with, By the way, your life is heading in a direction according to what it's being steered by. Follow me. I know it's a simple analogy, but it occurs to me that a lot of us are like the centurion, right? Instead of listening to what the voice of God says, because a lot of times that doesn't make sense. We're listening to what our senses say, right? Because that's something we can understand. Can I tell you, there's a lot of stuff in, that God told people to do in the Bible that didn't make a lot of sense? If you live your life by what makes sense, you'll never become a person of strong faith. If it always has to make sense for you to obey God, you'll never know what it means to sail out into the deep waters and trust Him. It didn't make sense. I mean, it didn't make sense for Joshua to walk around the walls of Jericho seven times. It didn't make sense for Moses to put his staff in the Red River and expect that the water was going to part. It didn't make a bit of sense for Daniel to spend the night in the lion's den talking about God's able to keep me and protect me with these lions. It didn't make a bit of sense, not a lick of sense, for Jesus to hang his body on the cross and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It didn't make sense, a bit of sense, when the stone was rolled away for him to get up and appear to all of the 120. It didn't make any sense for them to go out preaching in his name. It didn't make a bit of sense when they persecuted the apostles for them to say, we must obey God rather than them. Are you living your life by what makes sense? You'll never have faith. If you stop every time it doesn't make sense... This is going to cost me a little bit. People are going to think I'm weird. People aren't going to want to be around me. People are going to call me one of those kind of Christians. If you're always trying to make sense, you'll never walk in faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. I want you to think about those key areas of your life. Are you living according to your senses? What you can calculate? Or are you living according to your sense of confidence in God's promise that he does the math, right? You know what I like to say? Outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is yours. You don't have to understand to obey. You don't have to know where it's going to end up to take the next step. In this passage, we see see some men who keep sailing when they should have stopped. Now, this is going to be a disaster because anytime that you ignore God's warning, the winds will be against you. You need to hear this. This is one situation where the sailors should have stopped because they went along and they caught a wind. And for a little while, it probably looked like it was going to be okay. In verse 13, it says, When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed the anchor and they sailed along the shore of Crete before very long. It doesn't say how long, but ignoring God's warnings and sailing into the wind before long, an unspecified period of time, eventually a wind of hurricane force. I mean, what was first just a soft wind become this hurricane force called the Northeaster? I mean, it swept down from the island, and the ship was caught in the storm and could not head into the wind, so they, we gave weight into it, Said they, and it says we were driven along. You know, I pictured this in my mind. You know that they had the wind at their backs, and sometimes when you ignore God's warnings, it feels like you're making progress, but even in the progress that you think you're making, you're ultimately leading you to disaster. For what is it for a man to gain the whole world if he loses his soul? What is it for you to make more money if you have to cut corners to do it? And you're not even going to like looking at yourself in the mirror. What good is it for you to amass material stuff and not be involved in the things that matter most to God? You're going with the wind, but the wind is against you when you ignore the warnings of God. I love this phrase. I mean, it describes so many of us driven along, driven along, just going along with the flow. I mean, they've completely lost it. He says, verse 16, as we passed the lee of a small island called CUDA, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard and they passed the ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Cyrus, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be. Let the ship be driven along. There's the phrase again. Say it out loud. Driven along. I wonder how many people are driven along today because you ignored the warnings of God. You know what's interesting? I could stop right here and mention some of the warnings you ignored but i don't have to because that's what the spirit of god does he doesn't threaten you no he doesn't condemn you but he calls to you with a gentle wind of a whisper saying you need to pay more attention here you need to put your heart back into this you need to get back over there and do it like you used to do it you've lost your passion you've lost your intensity you've lost your focus you've lost your first love now i'm driving along now, I've, I've lost my hold, I've lost my anchor, and he says in verse 18, we took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. I mean, it's getting bad now, it's getting bad. I know this is supposed to be an encouraging message and I'm gonna get there, but before I can get to the encouragement part, I need to describe with some accuracy what some people's lives look like right now. You're just throwing stuff off, and you're trying this, and you're trying that, caught up in the storm, all up in the midst of trouble, all up in the midst of trials, all up in the midst of situations that, many of them, you created yourself. It says, on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. And when when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, the storm continued raging. I mean, isn't that a terrible thing when the storm keeps raging? Come on, somebody. I mean, have you ever been in a storm that kept raging? I mean, he said finally gave up all hope of being saved. That's a profound statement of not only distress. Distress is one thing. That's when you're throwing the cargo overboard. That's when you're still doing something to try to save your life. That's when you're still trying to make a way that's when you're still really trying to survive he said eventually we went from distress to despair that it's never going to be any different i believe some of you have made that conclusions about your life that's just how it is i'm always going to be depressed that's just how it is i'm always going to be overweight i'm always going to have these health problems that's just how it is i'm always going to be lonely I'm always going to be addicted to this. This is is always the way it's going to be. That's the best it's going to get. That's just how it is. I'm always going to be bitter. That's how it is. I'm always going to have a negative view of things. That's just how it is. You're just driven along and you've given up hope. He said when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. It said it got so dark out there he said as long as we could see something to guide by, we kept going even though we were taking a beating, but we kept going. Eventually, we lost what we had been guided by. And when we lost our guiding light, we gave up our hope. Now I'm just drifting. I'm just drifting. I wonder who God has listening today that's just drifting. I can picture you in my mind. You're just drifting. You feel like, man, this dude over here, he's talking to me. Here's what I love about God. It says in verse 21, I mean, this is the message that I believe God wants me to give to you. It said, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them. I want to kind of stand up in a sense, just like Paul today, and give you a word to all of you that are listening or who have been driven along. You've lost some time. You've lost some cargo. You might have lost some money. You might have lost some moments. You might have lost some people. You might have lost some peace or you might have lost even some brain cells. I don't know what you've lost. You might have lost some things, but here's the word of the Lord says. Lean into this, guys. Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice. I love that. Men, you should have taken my advice. You should have listened to me. Yay! God's saying, if you had not have done this, the way it was supposed to the first time around, it would have been a lot better. There's consequences. You should have listened to God the first time. But this is where it gets good. He says, you would have spared yourself damage and loss. But look at verse 22. But now, come on, right where you're at, say, but now. I can't do anything about what happened back there. I can't do anything about the decisions I made when I was 16. I can't do anything about the decisions I made last week. But now, there's some things I would change if I could change them. If I could get a do-over, I'd do it over. But I can't. But now. Everybody, come on, say it. But now. You know who Paul sounds like here. He sounds a lot like Mary and Martha when Lazarus was dead. And Mary and Martha came out to meet Jesus on the road. And they said, Lord, if you would have been here, our brother wouldn't have died. But even now, we serve her right now God. I mean, we serve a now. Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I can't see the stars. I can't see the end. I can't see the dry gown. But now, Paul said, I forget what's behind me. And I reach toward what's ahead. Ne- just but now. I could preach a whole series on that but now. I mean, we're putting that, we're not, it really just the same, we're not putting this off anymore. We're not gonna defer our obedience anymore. We're not gonna drift along what more day. But now, right now, right now is the time to do the right thing. Now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you, I know it was your mistake, but not one of you will be lost. I mean, isn't that merciful? I mean, I always hear preachers say things like, well, God gets you in in a situation, he'll get you out. And amen, right? What if he didn't get me in the situation? What if I got my own stupid self in the situation? He said, I'll still come looking for you. I'll still come get you out. I'll still come and snatch you. I'll still save you. I'll still give you another chance. I'll still call your name. I'll still love you. I'll still accept you. I'll still use you. He said not one of you will be lost. About this boat, it's not looking so good for the boat. Only the ship will be destroyed. Let me ask you a question. Is this good news or bad news? I guess it depends on what your priority is in, in the situation. If what you care about the most is the boat, when the boat goes down, your hope goes with it. Paul says, keep your courage, men, because not one of you will be lost. The ship, we can talk about that later. As for you, you know, see, sometimes our hope is too much in how we want God to do something. Follow me, follow me. us. Sometimes our hope, right? Sometimes our hope is in our plan for how we want to get to where we think God wants to take us. If your hope is in your plan, when your plan is interrupted, your faith fails. I thought I'd be further along by now. I thought I, you would never leave me. I thought we were going to be with each other for till the end of life. And I thought I was going to get into this university. And I thought I was going to marry him. And I thought, I mean, we can go on and on. And we're so focused on how we thought that it was going to happen that we're missing the way that God wants to bring it about. That's what Paul is trying to get these men to see. He says, we're not going to get there in a boat, which I prefer, by the way. I like the boat, fan of the boat. I'm totally into the boat, but there's no hope left for the boat. In other words, some things are never going to be like they were again. You're not going to be able to rewind and do that part over. He said, last night, an angel of the of God Verse 23, to whom I belong and whom I'm served stood beside me. I'm so glad for that phrase. He stood beside me. The Bible teaches that he goes before us. He goes behind us, but he also is beside us. I'm so glad he is omnidirectional God. He has a, he's a really a 360 God. He's gone into my future and he's prepared it. He's gone into my past and he's redeemed it. And he's right here beside me in this moment to comfort me and to give me courage. You've got to keep your courage up. Keep your courage up. Keep your courage up. The boat might be going down, but keep your courage up. Your bank account might be going down, but keep your courage up. Your grades, they may have gone down last semester, but keep your courage up. You can get your grades back. Keep your courage up. Sometimes the only thing that's in your control is your courage. Your conditions are not always in your control. You don't always get to decide what kind of skies you face. You don't always get to decide what kind of seas you sail on. You don't always get to decide what the weather forecast is going to be. There are some things that are outside of your control, but your courage is in your control. It depends on what you're focused on. Some of us, we've, we've lost our courage and we've lost our confidence and we've lost our hope and joy. You want to know why? Because our hope was in the boat. When your hope was, is, was in your circumstances, so God says, sometimes I've got to break your boat apart so I can teach you how to let your hope float to the surface without it. Now, I thought it would probably be cool to call this message Hope Floats because it was my wife's favorite movie. But I chose this way because he said, do not be afraid. Look at this verse, 24. He said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God is graciously giving you of all who sail with you. Keep your courage, my sister. Keep your courage, single mom. Keep your courage. Even though you didn't know you'd be divorced, keep your courage. Even though you thought your industry is starting to shrink a little more each time, more than you projected, keep your courage. Even though your retirement account is, you know, keep your courage. Even if everything else goes down, keep your courage. He says it twice for emphasis. Keep your courage, keep your courage. For I have faith in God that it'll happen just as He told me, not just like I thought, not just like I wished, not just like I thought when I was a little girl. It will happen. God's purpose in my life will be fulfilled. He hasn't left me. He's standing beside me. He still got me. We're we are never uh, we're never alive because of the boat to begin with, right? One time Jesus wanted to show his disciples that, so he went walking on the water, wanted to show them, hey, I borrow your boat when I want to, but I don't need your boat because I created this stuff that you think you did, right? He's not subject to what he created. He can get on top of any circumstances and do anything. He doesn't need a boat to save you. I mean, tell somebody, tell somebody in your life because they need it. It will happen. It will, it will. He's going to do it. Nevertheless, verse 26 we must run aground on some island. You know what's amazing? It says in verse 41 that eventually the ship struck a standbar and ran aground. When it wouldn't move, the stern was broken apart by the pounding of the surf. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. I mean, hey, thanks for saving our lives, Paul. Now we're gonna kill you, right? I mean, the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. And he ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. And the rest were to get there on planks or other pieces of of the ship. In this way, everyone reached safely. You know, are you worshiping the way you want God to do it? Or are you worshiping the God who said he would and you're trusting him to do it the way that he sees fit? He said he'd provide for you, but he didn't always say how he would provide. He said he would be there for you, but he didn't always promise this, that you would feel it. He promised to meet every need, but he didn't say he'd give you everything you wanted. You know, I hope today as you're listening, it will it, it, you will recognize that it will happen. It might take a little longer than you wanted it to. It might look a little different than you thought. If God spoke it, if God spoke it, see one thing I hold on to, whatever is happening in my spirit, whatever is happening in, to my friends, I hold on to this one thing that I want to speak to you before we stop this podcast. That, that scripture that says, he who began a good work in you, come on, come on, he that began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And what are you saying? I'm saying God finishes what he started. Some of you just need to remember that, that God is the one who started it. Paul said, God is the one who started this. God is the one who's going to let me get on this ship. God is going in the way of the one who lets me end up in chains. Because I've always wanted to go to Rome. I didn't picture this travel accommodations. If God put me on this ship, if I have to float in on some pieces, if I have to grab onto the boards, if I have to do the breaststroke, I'll do it. I'm telling you that God wants to do whatever he can to get you to the place that you need to do. You just got to say whatever it takes. If I have to tread water, if I have to doggy paddle, if I got to borrow some money, if I got to take a little lull, if I got to take a little time out, you just keep moving and know that God, it will happen. It will happen. Let's just pray. I mean, I really believe that there's somebody today that's listening who's in a storm. The storm has been so severe that you started to despair. You've given up hope of being saved. You're drifting along in life. You don't have a compass-ness, compass to be guided by. Maybe at once you had a strong sense of a relationship with God, but today you feel yourself drifting. You've been driven along. You've thrown all the cargo off. You've done everything you know to do, but you're still drifting along. You've taken a beating. You've been pounded by the surf that's sitting for days and nights now. And you're at the place where you don't know what to do. You've used up all your connections. Now, God brought you to the place where he wanted to show you all along that he's the one who's been sustaining your life. He's been waiting for this moment so long. And he's been waiting for you to reach out to him. If you reach out to him today, I believe that you'll find that just like he lifted Peter from his sinking state and he brought him upright again, so that Peter could say, truly, you are the Son of God. I believe today you're gonna see the power of God in your life raise you up to newness of life. The scripture that teaches all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Just like the men on this ship, we've all gone in the wrong direction. We've all turned astray. We've all gone our own way. I believe there's someone listening today and God let your bro just be broken apart in your life so that you could experience a relationship with him the one who created the waters, the one who gave you life, the one who has brought you this far. He didn't bring you here to leave you. He brought you here to rescue you, to show you that he is the source and the sustainer of life. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today and tuning in. I hope you were encouraged and hopefully challenged and also empowered so that God can move in your life, take you to the place that he's always called you to be, And I just hope that you continue to listen. Join us next week as we continue just to bring you a word that puts us in God mode, right? God mode, where we know that nothing can take us down. Have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to today's message. You can hear all of Pastor Chris's messages at www.godmode.life. Join us next week as we continue on in this series. Please leave a review of this podcast at podchaser.com.